This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. Okay, okay, okay. Welcome into Sports Talk. We haven't been gone all that long. How many hours? Just 22 hours. You can live without us for a certain amount of time. I get it. But then you get itchy for Sports Talk. And here we are, Sports Talk, for the next two hours. Phil Kornblutz, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. 888-898-2525. If you couldn't get through to the program last night, the Monday after, it's still a Talking Tuesday, and we'll be happy to take your phone calls, and you can continue to comment on the game from over the weekend or anything else now as we move into other directions. Basketball season tips off tonight around the country with some uh, meaningful games. So not true. Well, I know you've been calling basketball <laughs> games for about a month, but who's been paying attention, really? Has anybody been paying attention? Seriously. I've been paying attention. Everybody I've watched but you. both Carolina and Clemson have started off really, really well. We oh, should be talking really? more basketball than we What's have been. What's their records? They're both undefeated. Oh, okay. They're both 5-0. and oh. When's the last time? They both have huge games tonight. <laughs> Why don't we break that down? When's the last time Clemson and South Carolina started 5-0 and oh in basketball in the same season? Well, this is the best start for the Gamecocks since they went to the Final Four Oh, back ooh. in 2016-2017 when they started 8-0. and Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's been a while. Honestly, I, I at least that, that long. I just – I love college basketball as much as the next guy, you know. I just think it starts – maybe it's me. I don't like being overwhelmed. And you get overwhelmed trying to keep up with everything. I can't keep up with everything like I used to. I get overwhelmed. Now I'll concede that. Yeah. I will concede it starts too soon. Yeah. They could bump it back. Uh, you know, what they could do – the NBA has done a really, really good job of taking over Christmas Day. The NFL has done a terrific job of taking over Thanksgiving. I think college basketball could find something maybe the first week or so of December, and that would be the perfect time for them to get in. And they could still get in 30 ball games, which, good grief, that should be enough between December 1st and, and March 15th, right? Start the Friday. They like to start on Friday. Start the Friday of rivalry week that's another great point and just Absolutely. have basketball galore mm-hmm. on that friday thanksgiving weekend mixed in with a couple of football games or maybe just one maybe just the egg bowl uh and then you know tip off your basketball and play friday play sunday and and then you pick it up the next week because ba- uh, football is basically over except for the conference sure. championships and mm-hmm. and the playoffs just a just a thought the phone like number, 888-898-2525, South Carolina, Education Lottery. Lucky number for you here on Sports Talk. I know, Gamecock fans, I know you've been down in the dumps since uh, Saturday night, early Sunday morning. Not enough beer, wine, pure alcohol, enough to ease your pain. But don't you worry, your garnet night has come home. Everything's going to be just fine. USC announced today that 
their collective, the Garnet Thrust, I'm sorry, Garnet Trust, (laughs) they announced an anonymous donor. I know the name of the donor. Do you now? How do you spell Mustin Kapasi? How would you spell that? Anyway, um, has committed to match all contributions to the Garnet Trust up to a million dollars. They call this a potential $2 million windfall, and it, more, more, it would more than quadruple the previous largest gift to the official NIO partner. Now, you know, I, I mock this, of course, because I hate, I hate NIL and everything else that has happened with the college sports. There's a difference between hating and accepting. Okay, I can accept that it's sure. the world now, but I can still hate it, right? Mm-hmm. That's fair. Oh, absolutely. Those Despise it. True. I hate it. I hate that it's turned over control. What we're doing, too, of course, is giving up a lot of control of college athletics to people who uh, have no reason having uh, say-so in control. But, you know, again, the, the fish will rot from the head, as it always does. So uh, South Carolina announces this uh, today. So, I mean, what does it mean? Uh, you're just going to throw more money at players in an attempt to uh, recruit better players. I mean, that's the bottom line on all this thing. I find it funny now how we celebrate not just South Carolina. Other schools announce big NIL deals and, and big donations. But now the, the colleges, the administrators, the presidents, the ADs, right on down the line, you're all guilty. You're all guilty of sin. We're now celebrating what you really want to celebrate, which is the money side of things used to be you'd celebrate a major academic gift, a a major gift for a building an expansion. Now we're, we're going to celebrate just giving pure, pure cash into the pot so you can go out and buy players. And that essentially the bottom line is what it all comes down to. They can spin it however they want to spin it. They can hide it however they want to hide it. And that is the bottom line. You're just buying players, and that's so. That's okay. Uh, it's the it's the it's the law of the land now for uh, college sports across the spectrum, and so South Carolina's getting this uh, windfall from an anonymous donor, who I think was Mustang Capasi Capasi Glass up in Spartanburg. He sold a lot of glass in recent years, so I think he can afford it. Um, and and now they can uh, you know. They can show recruits, hey, you know, come here, and uh, I don't know if we'll pay you straight hard cash, but we'll get you some some deals with the Mercedes-Benz dealership, the Cadillac dealership, the Jeep dealership, maybe some condos. Maybe we throw in, um, you know, some um, some ownership of Hall's Chop House, uh, whatever, whatever you want uh, in the Columbia area. We'll be ha- happy to uh, make that happen, just as long as you can block. Can you block... Um, that guy across from you for more than um, 0.2 seconds. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, can you block? So anyway, uh, that's that came out this afternoon. I, that kind of caught my attention. Meantime, uh, big recruiting news overnight, and we'll have a recruiting report coming up. Uh, big recruiting news overnight. Kind of a surprise. Uh, Amir Adams, the big defensive tackle from South Florence, uh, probably the most sought-after player in the state in the 25 class, announced that he's announcing on Sunday, which was earlier than I expected after having talked to him the end of last week. 
I was going to write a story about him last night, just about what he was doing, but then it turns out what he's doing is making his decision. Uh, he's going to play in a state championship game on Saturday at noon and then have his announcement on Sunday at a time uh, to be determined. And he visited South Carolina over the weekend for the Clemson game. He's been there a few times. He's been to Clemson. He's been to Georgia, and he's been to Florida State, and he's been to other schools. We'll talk more in detail about him coming up. I don't really know what he's going to do. After talking to him, I thought South Carolina, based on what he had to say and how he said it, I thought South Carolina might be it. Reading some of the Clemson reporters today, uh, from like Paul Strelo of Tiger Illustrated, who usually has a pretty good finger on the pulse there, he is kind of, sort of, feeling optimistic from a Clemson standpoint, telling his uh, readers, you know, it's uh, Clemson's in it more than people might believe, which might be code for saying they think they're going to get him. So I don't know what he's going to do. He appears to be a good prospect. He used to be at Lake City. He transferred to South Florence, and he's um, – He's been a good player for them. I didn't them. think public schools had transfers. I thought that was reserved for the Heathens and the uh, Hello. schools and the South Carolina Independent School Association. Hello. By the way, Pat, why are you wearing a Panthers jersey? Did the Panthers do something good today? Why are you wearing a Panthers jersey? So when I have a bit more of a moment after building the commercials and doing all the beginning of the show stuff from a, from a production standpoint, yeah, definitely going to get have a little soapbox Are you going to burn moment. it? Are you going to burn it right live on the air? <laughs> Hell no. I, I've got one I can throw in there, too, if you'd like. <laughs> I was a Panthers fan long before David Tepper came into town, and I'll be a Panthers fan long after he's gone, thank God, and uh, or God God willing, and it's just... <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm starting to buy into your theory that he's trying to Rachel Phelps the team, make them so bad that he can move them somewhere else. I tell you, and I really would like to wait a few minutes before we dig into this because I can get it all off my chest. And I'm sure you've got some frustrations out there, and I'd love to hear some other callers calling in, maybe, maybe some folks from the upstate. It's just one thing after another. And for anybody that caught any of that press conference today, one of the rare opportunities we as fans actually have to hear from the owner, David Tepper, Let's just say it did not go well. There were some things that were said that uh, definitely raised some eyebrows and just, it's just one thing after another. I'll leave it there for now. Well, I saw a tweet from Scott Fowler, who, of course, is one of the great writers in the Southeast, maybe nationally, from the Observer, Spartanburg native. He's been at the Charlotte Observer a long time. His son, Chapel, is the beat writer covering Clemson for the state newspaper. So the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But he has been covering everything in Charlotte sports for decades. I mean, he's like the Ron Green of his era, if you know who Ron Green was. And Ron Green Jr. is. And he tweeted that he sat on the front row. He had his hand raised for a question throughout the 13-minute press conference and was never called on. And, I mean, this is your number one columnist wow. this is your number one columnist in a major city like charlotte and they blew him off now he wrote a critical column yesterday about tepper yeah you think uh he ding, ignored ding, him ding. because of that i mean I if mr billionaire it, i've heard that from a number of different sources that i trust up there in charlotte that cover the panthers that yeah if you say anything bad about the guy he won't give you the time of day That's yeah just, if mr billionaire's got such salt. a thin skin he should maybe cover himself in hundred dollar bills to thicken his skin a little bit do I sound envious of his money? Do I? <laughs> I think we all are. We just like him to spend it appropriately. 
I just like to it's know. Clear. Or just get him out of the mix. Let the football people run the football team. He's clearly not a football person. It's obvious the way he's handled the Panthers since he bought them from Jerry Richardson. In my, in my next conversation with my closest billionaire friend, uh, Joe Moglia, mm-hmm. uh, I've got to ask him exactly what do hedge fund people do to become billionaires? Because it seems like a fun way to make a living. Uh, I, I, is it basically take other people's money and put it in stocks that protect them from taxes and things like that? Is sure. that why it's called a hedge fund? <laughs> that is that is so far above my uh, my knowledge and uh, pay grade, Phil. I, I wish I could give you a, a very good example. I, I think you should probably touch base with Coach Moglia mm. and ask him because he would give you a much better answer and make it actually understandable. That's the one thing I've always enjoyed about chatting with coach Mowgli, he can talk to you mm-hmm. like you understand what he's talking about and not talk to you five feet over your head but yeah in terms of that money stuff yeah no you're talking to the wrong person here because i don't have enough money to delve into hedge funds <laughs> so it's never been a problem for me now one thing i will throw out there regarding this and again would like to circle back to it but i can't help myself huh? so the panthers have been around uh now since 1995 dom capers was the first coach in the panthers history they have had nine head coaches going back to 1995 Six of those coaches have come under the tenure of David Tepper since he bought the team May 16th, 2018. Nine total, going back to 95. Six of those, so two-thirds of all the coaches in the Panthers' history of their program have come in the last five years. Mm. 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 Explain mm. that to me. And then also the soccer team. So you got the Charlotte FC. They've been around since July 7th, 2021, and they have had – three coaches who they now have have said they're not bringing back so they will have their fourth coach and they've only existed since 2021 (laughs) it's just i don't understand and today in his press conference he talked about how he wants to have a coach that can coach for 20 years 30 years 40 years that he hopes will give a eulogy at his funeral which seemed like an odd thing to say but he wants to have a coach love him so much and be around for so long that he's able to give the eulogy at his funeral but the guy, again, has had six coaches in football for the Panthers since he's been there, so he's going to have to hire a seventh one to come in there. So seven out of the then ten coaches will have come in five years. And in the entire existence of the soccer team, they have had three coaches and are now going to be bringing on their fourth since 2021. Yet he wants a coach that will be there for 30 years. Explain that to me. Strange dude. A lot of money. Can't keep his promises. You know, he's got some land in Rock Hill. In York County, he'll be happy to sell you for a for a sweet deal, uh, and obviously a, a lousy operator of a football franchise. No you know, maybe there's he's no a doubt. genius on Wall Street, but he's a douchebag in Charlotte when it well, comes to running his program. And then somehow they thought it was appropriate to let it slip that during the draft this past oh spring, gosh. they were actually supposed to trade down to the number two selection hmm. so they could get C.J. Stroud. So if you're Bryce Young, who they did select with the number one overall pick. You're sitting in the locker room listening to this and thinking, uh, obviously they don't want me here. Right. I mean, it, <laughs> as bad a season as he is having, and it's not all his fault, but you've just made it worse because you basically told him you weren't our first choice. Yeah. We didn't want you. And, you know, one thing about football that really disturbs me about the state of the game today, it's probably the one sport where your success or failure hinges on one player. More than any other sport. No, no doubt. Now, I mean, think about it. you got a great quarterback. And the way the offenses are, are played today at all levels, it, it all hinges on this guy. Making the throws, making the reads, etc. He gets hurt. 
obviously the number two guy in most cases isn't better. He's a he's a drastic step down. That's why he's number two. In some cases, you might find a number two who's not that far away from being number one. We've seen that, but mostly number two is number two for a reason. So you lose your starting quarterback like you're dead in the water. I was watching the Vikings and the Bears last night, one of the few times I ever wrote well, the were Bears. Bored. Yeah, well, it was important, you know. <laughs> I understand. Because Division the Packers of, yeah. are still in it. Right, you know, we're right. still in it. We needed the Vikings to lose. But the Vikings, you know, when Cousins went down, that pretty much killed their season. It pretty much just took a bazooka to their season. Uh, and think around the NFL to other situations where the quarterback, well, look at the Jets. Look at the Jets. So it's just it's just strange how football has evolved to the point where everything rides on the quarterback. Now, I know in baseball you say pitcher, pitcher, pitcher. And I guess maybe. you know. But if you lose a pitcher to an injury, okay, out of a five-man rotation, well, you've got four others going. They give you a chance if they're good pitchers. They give you a chance four out of five days. Um, basketball, of course. Now, look, if you've got a Michael Jordan or a Patrick Ewing or a, you know one of those, one of those generational uh, superstars and you lose them, it's a setback, but you can still overcome it. We've seen that happen before. You can overcome it. Uh, in fact, I think the Bulls, if I'm not mistaken, the year after – Jordan retired the first time. Did they not make the playoffs with Scottie Pippen and company? And, yep, they did. And they made the playoffs and maybe won a couple of series. But anyway, I just thought about that today. And, um, Phil, before you move on, yeah. just, mm-hmm. to, just to expand on something you just said there because it made me think about this, a good example is Joe Burrow. The Bengals did not shore up the O-line. They elected to go for the quarterback. And, look, it's turned out well. Joe Burrow's been terrific. They've made it to a Super Bowl. They've made it to multiple AFC championship games. He's unfortunately hurt now with a wrist injury. But just 10 games into his rookie season, he was hit low, and he had a torn ACL and MCL in his left knee ending that season. And in those 10 games alone in his rookie year, he was sacked 32 times. Mm. I remember watching games, and even the announcers were like, it's not a matter of when. I'm sorry, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when he gets a significant injury. Because he was just getting destroyed every game, because he was running for his life. It looked kind of like... Sorry, but a bit like Rattler this year with the Gamecocks, the poor guy just took hit after hit after hit and and kept getting up. Well, that's how Burrow was until he couldn't get up. So to your point about Bryce Young, and look, I I think he is a terrific player and will become a potentially really good NFL starting quarterback. But if you have a pick, they had the number nine overall pick. If you are deciding you want to take a franchise quarterback, so to your point, like you're saying, that is the most expensive asset or liability however you want to look at it for your team if he gets injured that's a hell of a lot of money that you're out you're still going to have to keep paying him at least for that year or whatever is guaranteed part of the contract why would you not want to shore up your offensive line and protect your most valuable asset especially if you are an investor that has made your billions off investing money in what one would think making smart investments well then shouldn't you know you want to protect those investments and if you have a potential multi hundred million dollar over the course of his career quarterback don't you want to protect that guy Mm -hmm. and instead you have an offensive line held together with bubble gum and duct tape and you're just throwing a guy that's already an undersized NFL quarterback and Bryce Young out to the wolves and now you're scratching your head wondering why it's not going better than it is thank goodness he has not gotten hurt yet and I hope he doesn't get hurt Bryce Young but it almost seems like a matter of when and not if for him as well just like Joe Burrow and I just don't understand, you, you go out, you, you shore up your offensive line, your defensive line, you build inside out, 
you know you might still be bad for another year, you roll Baker Mayfield or you roll roll somebody else out there again for another year, you're probably going to get another top five pick where then you go out and get your franchise quarterback, and then his rookie year, you're able to protect the guy. Again, these are assets or liabilities for your billion-dollar business. It just seems like every decision being made by that organization from ownership is completely backwards of what you would think you would do to have a successful franchise. Okay, got a lot of news notes to touch on. We'll do that as we go through the show, but let's go ahead and get to some of your phone calls. The phone number, 888-898-2525. That is the South Carolina Education Lottery Lucky Number for you right here on Sports Talk. So, uh, Pat, let's go to the lines there and tell us where we're going to go first, and we'll roll from there. We're going to be visiting over in Lancaster with Tiger Brian. Oh, Tiger Brian. He needed an extra day to get it all together in his mind. Tiger Brian, welcome in. We hope you had a great Thanksgiving and enjoyed the weekend. It's good to have you with us once again, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. I'm gonna tell you what, you hit the nail on the head about the NIL first. So I'm gonna say I, I love you, Cole. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Last week you was talking on that smack about old oh, Clemson can't play with, you know, Clemson, Clemson couldn't beat Carolina. We beat them with the flu. I mean, my half the team had the flu mm-hmm. last week. That's true. You know what I mean? True. I mean, true. you got to eat a little crow tonight now. Uh, yeah. Tiger Bryant, I picked pick Clemson yeah. to win. <laughs> we all picked Clemson. Every to win one of us picked Clemson <laughs> yeah, to win. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I, you was talking like we like. Well, that Gamecock fans, you tell uh, Gamecock Larry that uh, you know, South uh, South Carolina people said we didn't have no SEC defensive line or defenses. We got defense. Our defense won the game and. Look, Gamecock fans have got to stop hiding behind this ruse that just because they're members of the SEC that they're a true SEC uh, program in terms of personnel. In in many areas, they are not, and Clemson is. And everybody knows, if you watch college football, that Clemson's defense was elite this year from the get. It was overlooked because of the four losses – it wasn't the defense's fault they lost those four games. Now, for the most part, those turnovers obviously came back to haunt them, and sometimes offensive inefficiencies uh, haunted them. But their defense was – when they got that secondary uh, figured out about midway through the season, Khalil Barnes stepped in, started playing more. Uh, they started you know, really playing some of those younger guys. Mukaba got healthy. They got better in the secondary to complement what they had at linebacker and up front. So, anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I'm gonna tell you what, all my Gamecock friends, hey, it, it, it hey, just wait the next year. Mm. That's all I can tell them. Mm. Wait the next year. Did you? Did nine. you? Did you create that phrase, Tiger Brian? Wait till next yep, year. I sure did. Yeah. I think I done it on your show about <laughs> 25 years ago. Huh? But hey, I love y'all, man. But really, hey, y'all, you hit the nail on the head about buying players and all. They were college football. With this NIL, you know, whoever's got the most money, you know, I mean, mm. and the kids, I don't blame the kids to go because you never know. You'd be like that kid like Florida State, he's leg busted up, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's kind of a it, damn gum if you do, a damn gum if you don't, you know. 
You got to play by the rules. Thank, thank you, Tiger Brian. Thank you. But you know what? I mean, you, you, you play by the rules that are out there now. I, I don't blame South Carolina or any school for taking the money from a donor, taking the cars from a donor, taking the hotel rooms from a donor, whatever they want to give in this era of NIL to help. You get the players. That's all within the rules. Chris, we might not like it. You know, we don't might not like what it's become, but it is the game outside the game, the way it's being played today. And by and large, if you don't play it that way, you are going to get left behind. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, you've got to dive into it. And I'm going to assume here's an interesting thing about that donation that they got today of a million dollars. That's, I guess, a one time gift. Okay, that's no, all well and good. No, it's but actually what happens- it's actually a thing where he's gonna the anonymous do donor, Mustin Kaposi, uh, is gonna match. Like if you give ten dollars, he'll give ten dollars. If you give a hundred dollars, he'll put in two hundred dollars. He's or a hundred dollars. He's gonna match contributions that everybody else makes. We'll talk more in a moment. We are back. We are back. Welcome back. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Phil Kornblut, Chris Bergen, Pat Daniel. 888 898 South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number. Back to your phone calls in just a moment. Busy, busy news day. You know we love news. And we're going to share a few things with you. You may or may not know. If you don't know, you'll appreciate it. If you do know, well, you can hear it all over again for a Second time. Nothing wrong with that. Um, We talked about uh, Amir Adams and uh, his announcing on Sunday. A friend of ours, I don't think I'll name him, just a friend of ours who's out at practice at South Florence tonight and was just sharing with us, you know, not really hearing anything one way or the other. He did say that he's wearing LSU gloves tonight. Interesting. Mm, dun, dun. The plot thickens. Yes, it does. The plot, what does what does it mean when you wear gloves? Do gloves make the man, or the recruit, or the commit? He probably just thinks they look cool. And LSU, I would imagine LSU gloves with their logo and the purple and gold probably do look cool. LSU is one of the one of the final that he, schools that he named a little while back: uh, USC, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Florida State. Tennessee. He has visited LSU uh, at some point in time, I think maybe back in the summer. So I don't know. Does LSU have sticking power with him? The The mystery will continue to grow here over the next uh, several days. Meantime, mention a few other things and the phone number 888 898 South Carolina Education Lottery Lucky Number. The All-ACC team was announced today. Clemson has eight players spread among the three teams, none on the first-team offense, which is Jordan Travis, quarterback, O'Marion Hampton, and Jawar Jordan, running backs, Malik Washington, Keon Coleman, Xavier Restrepo, receivers, Bryson Nesbitt, son of the former Gamecock, the tight end, all-purpose is Keon Coleman, Tackles are Graham Barton and Darius Washington. Guards are Christian Mahogany 
and Dimitri Emmanuel in the center is Brian Hudson. On defense, you got Jeremiah Trotter, who, by the way, announced for the NFL draft today. You probably know that. So he will not be playing in a bowl game. Nate Wiggins of Clemson, their first team defense, and Tyler Davis. So three on defense for Clemson, along with defensive ends Ashton Gelati, Jared, is it Verse or Verse, Florida State. Uh, defensive tackle Dwayne Carter, linebacker Peyton Wilson, linebacker Kalen Deloach, linebacker Cedric Gray, cornerback Elijah Jones, safety Cameron Kitchens, and safety Jonas Sanker. Specialist Andy Borgalis from Miami is the place kicker. Punter is Porter Wilson, and the specialist, the uh, Keon Coleman, uh, SP, SP. What would SP be? Specialist? Um, what is SP? Under specialist, what would SP be? Uh, hello? Anybody know? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, yes. SP. I'm not sure what that could be. Return? Specialist return guy? I don't know. On the second team, no Tigers on the offense. Boy, I tell you what, how far have they fallen talent-wise on honorable mention. That's crazy. Barrett Carter made the second team at linebacker, the only Tiger there, no specialist. Third team, and Clemson has Jake Brenningstool at tight end, Blake Miller at offensive tackle, and Will Putnam at center. So three Tigers on the offense on third team. On defense, Rook Orororo at defensive tackle. And that's it, just the one, no specialist. And, yeah, they got plenty on honorable mention, but I don't usually talk about that. Will Shipley's honorable mention. That's the most interesting thing. Here's a guy who was preseason first team for the ACC, and you just wonder how how much – and he actually finished second to uh, Will Maffa in terms of rushing yards for the Tigers, but you just wonder about you know him being hurt a little bit and certainly with the fumbles, how much that affected his uh, seeding, if you will, on those teams. Mm-hmm. And they had some others named uh, <clears throat> honorable mention. Update on our poll question of the week for the second day. What do you believe is the number one difference between the Clemson and USC programs after this past weekend? Uh, 834 votes and 66.2% point to the players being the difference. 18.2 say the coaches, 14.4 say the culture, and 1.2 say the fan support. You still got time to vote. Uh Georgia is losing their secondary coach. Fran Brown is a new head coach at Syracuse, supposedly a uh, an excellent recruiter, which, of course, now Georgia has gone after Clemson's Mike Reed in the past, and they'll probably make a phone call. He's turned them down every time, but they'll probably make a phone call just to check. And Arkansas, according to a variety of sources to people like Pete Thamel, is going to hire Bobby Petrino again to be the offensive coordinator. <laughs> you just never learn, do you? <laughs> you you can't make this stuff up. Only in college football does it get this crazy. It, you just you, it's it's ridiculous. I would just say I would say if you're hiring him, two things: just keep the secretaries and the motorcycles away from him, and you'll be fine. Otherwise, <laughs> you're 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 running your own risk there. Okay. Oh my goodness. Did he do yeah, all that just great? No, Did he do no all moral that? He didn't do enough for Jimbo Fisher to save his job. I mean, were they all that much better offensively at? No, I don't. You at, know, at I don't Texas know. Texas A and M, um, but Arkansas, come on! 
Don't you have some sort of standards within your no. program? No. Or is it just win at all costs and I don't care no. who we have to bring in? Um, Coastal quarterback Jarrett Guest is in the portal, John. Where do you think he might land? What level might he settle to? That's a great question. I mean, he's at times he's got an opportunity to play. He's been pretty pretty good. He just doesn't have a whole lot of a resume tape, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he can certainly play G five level, obviously, and may, and may get a shot at a lower. I don't know that he would go in and like start at a power five program, but I think maybe if he finds another G five level program, because I guess his thinking is the guys behind him are probably going to have more playing time. I don't know. I talked to Jared about it. Yeah. They also lost an outstanding linebacker today. Uh, JT Killen announced he was Ooh. jumping in the transfer portal as well. Ooh, okay. So Coastal's going be. to be Yeah, Coastal's going to be missing some guys when they go to their bowl game. Mm-hmm. And it'll be curious to see how they handle especially the quarterback situation, assuming that Grayson McCall won't be available. Uh Ethan Vasco would probably be the starter and then I don't know where they would go after that. See, why I mean, maybe Blake Boda, one of the well, younger guys. You know, and we'll get back to calls in just a second. I know we're eating up time here, but this is a, a prime example of just the stupidity of the people that run college football. So you make your rules, right? I mean, you decide your recruiting windows. You decide when this window opens and that window opens. So why do you allow the transfer window to take place before bowl games? You don't give <laughs> before them the, the option. Before the season is over? Don't, yeah. You don't give them the option. You know, you can make your rules, so make your rules and say, okay, yeah, we'll have a transfer window. It'll open on January 15th, and then you can adjust other dates accordingly. You know, you don't have to have – you don't have to have the signing date in February the first Wednesday. You can back it up to the third Wednesday if you want to. It's classes, classes though, Corn. you got to think the semester ends and then a new semester begins in January. you got to have time to transfer somewhere, enroll in classes, find somewhere to live. I mean – I know we don't like to talk about it as much these days, but these are still student athletes, and you got to factor How about in. Pat, the student remember, part. they are going to college. Yeah, they are. They are students. And nah, <laughs> I, I don't. Saying. I don't buy that. I just don't buy that. I, I hear what you say, but you know what? I see guys enrolling in May and playing in in the fall. I see guys enrolling all kind of different. Times. Well, yeah, the semester ends the first week of May. Yeah, or mid or or March. I've seen guys enroll in March. They have those uh, what mid semester things. What do they call? Um, well, there's May semester, but they have these short semesters. Look, school's got all kind of academic uh, exceptions and calendars that you can I, – yeah. I hear what you're saying. I understand that. But I just think from the football standpoint, you could take that away and um, and wait until after the bowl games to, to have the window. Now, if you're departing to go, challenge, to, go to the draft like um, Trotter is, and I imagine Barrett Carter's probably going to announce something here pretty soon too. Wouldn't you think he's going to go to the draft? And announced and not playing so, the yeah. bowl game. Yeah. So, um, boy, Clemson's going to be thinned out at linebacker when they get to their bowl game. All right, to the phone calls we go once again. Did you mention Hunter Helms just before we Oh, go yeah, 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 Hunter Helms. Sorry, Hunter. Hunter Helms is in the transfer portal, John. When I think he'll make um, somebody a fine quarterback. He certainly is uh, an older guy, and he hadn't played much, but he's been well, he's been well schooled over his, what, four or five years at Clemson. Yep, and he's a graduate. He graduated back in May. He uh, played four four years there. And remember, this was a guy coming out of high school that received scholarship offers from other schools, including South Florida, Troy, Holy Cross, and a handful of others. Yet he decided to go to Clemson knowing that he would probably never see much actual uh, game time. And he served as the primary backup this year so as to allow Christopher Vizina to redshirt uh, behind Cade Klubnik. And so, you know what, good for him. He's got his degree 
He put in the time. He decided to come back for one more semester and be the backup. I would imagine he could have, if he wanted to, left after graduating in May and maybe even been a starter somewhere else, a tier down, or at least in, uh, maybe at least FCS instead of FBS this fall. So kudos to him for sticking it out, and now uh, hope he gets a good opportunity somewhere. Yeah, he's a good kid. Who's, who's the backup now for Clemson for their bowl game? That's a good question. Probably Vizina. I mean, he could play a game if he needed right. to without losing his red shirt. Or you got uh, the walk-on who was from Daniel, uh, Pierman. Uh, so you got him as well. So they don't really have much in the yeah. uh, in the quarterback mm-hmm. room. Paul Tyson, too, right? The guy Paul who transferred Tyson, over. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, let's take a quick phone call. Gosh, we put ourselves up against the, uh, the wall here. But that's okay. We'll find our way off of it. We go to um, Bobby in Charlotte. Bobby, welcome in to Sports Talk. Good to have you with us. Well, guys, thank you. I just wanted to say that um, I definitely did not wake up yesterday and have being challenged to a fight by a nonagenarian on my bingo card. (laughs) (laughs) I I just want to make it clear that I respect my elders and Gamecock Larry has been through 90 years of Gamecock football, so I promise you there's nothing I could throw at that man that would phase him. That, that, that fight would be over very quickly. I am well aware of that. Not to mention so, not to mention, the man has actually dodged live bullets in his life, so he's he, he can pretty much take on all comers. Absolutely. Game, Gamecock Larry is a legend. I want to make that clear. Now, Hank, who would rather designate all of that NIL gift to women's basketball, that's a different story, <laughs> but we won't go there. Um, but, no, you know, Corn, you raised a good uh, point there when you said a lot of our fans kind of operate under the delusion always every year that, um, just like I said last night, I don't think Clemson's worried about playing at williams Bryce, so we can bury that talking point mm-hmm. and we also need to like get away from this delusion that just because we're in the sec just like vanderbilt and mississippi state are that we're somehow like alabama and georgia and i i laugh because it'd be like clemson people i mean they're in the acc in basketball but i don't think anybody's going to confuse them for duke or north carolina anytime soon but my question to you guys is uh what will it take as far as, I mean, obviously with the poll you're running, the players, it's 100% the players are the biggest deal. But I actually heard Mike Morgan on with Teddy this morning, and he basically said that as Carolina fans, especially with Texas and Oklahoma coming in, that we should be thrilled with an eight-win season from here on out because it's probably not going to happen much. And I just, at that point, I I told Teddy, well, then we need to leave the SEC. If, If you... A, do you believe what Mike said? And B, if that's the case, what is the benefit as a fan to being in the SEC? Why would we ever want to be in it if that's our ceiling? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, I tell you what, though. I mean, you never say never. And you never want to limit your, yourself and, and not dream big. I think they should all dream big. But just based on history and being realistic – how can you argue against that point? How can you argue against that point? The Gamecocks have been in the SEC going on over 30 years, and they've smelled one championship, 2010, when it all kind of came together for them. Uh, but you saw what happened in the championship game. 
Um, there's teams that have been in that league, of course, from the beginning, 70-plus years, who hardly have more championships than the Gamecocks do in the SEC. Check out Mississippi State. Check out some of the some of the originals who aren't Alabama or Florida. Of course, Florida never won a championship, I don't believe, until Spurrier got there. So, I mean, it's tough. That's the only way well, to put it. Stat. It's tough. And uh, I was, let me just say, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the schedule next year is daunting, to say the least. Daunting. And you don't have an SEC caliber offensive line right now. You don't. You've got some pieces here and there that can uh, match up with some of the best in the SEC. But where it matters most, it's a, it's a, it's a league that demands the finest in the trenches. And if you don't have that, then you're not, you're not going to go very far in that league. Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, I saw a stat. You could throw Mississippi in there as well. Um, I was watching the Egg Bowl the other night, and I think they flashed up. I believe this is right. That was Mississippi's just their second-ever 10-win season. Hmm. You know, I kind of think of Mississippi as having a little bit better program than that, but evidently not. Yeah. So, I mean, Mississippi's sort of in that same boat as well. There are a lot of schools in the SEC. And to Bobby's point, I don't know that Gamecock fans should be happy with eight wins as the ceiling. He brings up an excellent point, if that's what Mike said. You should want more. You should demand more from your program. Now, whether or not you can get it is is the question. That would be, I'm checking on you, one, two, three, four. No, they've won ten wins. That's five, six, seven, eight. No, they've won ten games at least eight times. Maybe it's in a regular season, perhaps. I, well, I thought it said two, but maybe not. Yeah, maybe I'm just I mis- glancing through here. Them. Like 62, they went 10-0. and 0. Remember, they were when Archie Manning was there. Right, yeah. You know. Okay. Um, they went 10-3. and three in um 2003 so etc cetera, etc cetera. hey bobby mm-hmm. thanks a lot man we got to run to the break we appreciate it uh those of you holding hang we'll get to you uh second hour more calls uh david shelton in our second hour we start previewing the state championship games coming up on thursday we'll begin with the two-way game with david in hour number two recruiting and more of your calls uh, the phone number, 888-898-2525. As we go to break, I always like to remind you about our very good friend, Jimmy Smith at James Smith Realty, pauliesvacationrentals.com. I know it's going to be cold tonight, but that summer heat will be back before you know it, and you're going to want to be at the beach, and Jimmy is the man that can put you in a great spot. Want to rent a house? Bingo. Want to buy a house? Double Bingo. 843-237-4246. That's 843-237-4246. Jimmy right there in Pauley's and Litchfield, he and his staff, they'll do whatever it takes to get you what you're looking for. 843-237-4246, pauleysvacationrentals.com. Back in a moment. The lottery is not about getting rich. It's about helping people. And it always has been. The lottery is what helped raise the Great Wall of China, build the roads of Rome, and today in South Carolina, it's what generates millions of dollars each year for scholarships like the SC Hope, Life, and Palmetto Fellows. The South Carolina Education Lottery is investing in you. Visit sceducationlottery.com slash better you to learn more.
Football season is upon us, and that means Columbia is welcoming fans from around the corner and across the country. No matter where you're from, Gamecocks love coming together for game day energy that can only be found in South Carolina's capital city. Book hotel rooms, find pre- and post-game activities, and plan your tailgate spread with local favorites from pimento cheese to barbecue at experiencecolumbiasc.com. We'll see you soon, and go Gamecocks! Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Hi, this is Lisa Hostetler-Brown. If you or a loved one are over 65 and haven't completed a long-term care planning consultation, now is the time. Did you know that if you aren't able to afford the high cost of skilled care, your assets can be rapidly depleted to only $2,000 unless you plan five years in advance? Visit LawyerLisa.com to see how we can help. 7511 St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina. George Bryan here for Tsunami Bar Sports, and some say the fun is in the winning. I say the fun is in the training. And Tsunami Robbie, what do you say? George, we all know you get more done when you're having fun. This technology is different, it's engaging, but it's also a lot of fun to use. Hi, this is Phil Kornblut. Be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get 5% off any Tsunami Bar order using promo code BBB5. Don't wait. Order today. Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803 803- 749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Real quick on basketball tonight, you got South Carolina about to tip off at home against Notre Dame. You got that First ever ACC-SEC challenge to be played tonight. So South Carolina hosting Notre Dame. Clemson going to Alabama. That's about a 9.30 tip. You got Furman playing host to South Carolina State. Winthrop hosting Bob Jones. Charleston Southern going to the Citadel. And that is your lineup tonight. College basketball across the state. And we Ten go wins to... twice under Kiffin. That's what I heard. Okay, it was not overall. It's we uh, forget that you. was it's their okay. second ten win season take, under Lane Kiffin. Take the knife out of your back, uh, <laughs> Hank in Columbia. Go right ahead. Welcome in. Good to have you with us. Hey, how's it doing, Corn? Man, we're doing great. It's great to have you. Well, Corn, I'm 54, so I'm about about 10 years. I'm about to be 55, so I'm about 10 years older than Bobby. Um, uh, and, and the uh, and I'm I'm uh. 
been a full scholarship member of Carolina for years, so my money goes where my mouth is mm-hmm. in all the sports. And I do help uh, with all sports. Um, you know, Bobby's one of these guys still running around mad because um, one of the premier programs that wins here is girls basketball, but that's it. He can turn and run around and talk about Dickie DeMaisy for 10 years. <laughs> um, and I saw Dickie DeMaisy play because he was, he was a little younger than me in college. So, let, uh, let me and, say and, this timeout. Dickie DeMacy is a fine young man. Yeah. Remember, he was in the Navy. He was at the Naval Academy before he <laughs> transferred to South Carolina. So he had some he had some things in his heart that were and still are very good. So people need to get off his back. Right, anytime, anytime Bobby wants to meet up, I'll give him my address. And, 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 oh, I'll meet him at oh, his. Gosh. If he thinks he's, so, he's such a man. <laughs> we got people he, wanting to fight Mike all Morgan, over the place. <laughs> and Mike Morgan didn't call. Mike Morgan said that when we have eight win seasons, we should be glad. And then and, and if you have a lot of things happen right, you get that season where you get in-state talent and all that, then that might be your shot. Mm-hmm. But just like you said, we're no longer than a whole bunch of different teams. If, you know, I, I hear people like Bobby, and you think he'd be happy joining the Mountain West Conference and we go 11-0 and and we run around beating our chest to Clemson. <laughs> you, you know, you're in a big board conference, and you just got to get in there, and then maybe you'll make it happen one time. You might not ever – nobody probably would have said our basketball team would have got back to the Final Four <laughs> uh, after all those years, but, it's, you know, things happen. Mm-hmm. But um, I will say this, uh, you know, but that's for Mr. Bobby there. He wants everybody fired, but I I will say this uh, that um, all right, Daddy, you uh, you were talking about those uh, games earlier, and this is my last thing I'll say: three three teams in the one A two A state championship, all charter schools. Yes, they are, or private <laughs> schools. You got private. So no, well, charter Oceanside and Gray are sister schools, so they both right. under the same process. Yeah, but Christ Church is. That's a private. That's not a charter. But I, same same difference. Okay, buddy. Thank you very much, Hank. Professor, Emeritus, top of the hour. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Okay, welcome back, everybody, at Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. We'll get back to your phone calls here momentarily. The number is 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery, lucky number. They're underway over the CLA. Well, Notre Dame has started. Uh, three and a half minutes in, it's 3 nothing. Notre Dame. The Gamecocks are 0 for 2 from the floor. Notre Dame 1 for 6, but that one, a three-pointer. So the Gamecocks off to a chilly start. And the Irish have one basket. They're up 3 nothing in this SEC-ACC challenge game. And Clemson-Alabama tonight at around 9.30. So we'll keep you up to date on this as we uh, move on through the program. Want to take a moment here. You know, we like to do from time to time here on Sports Talk because, you know, we we don't charge you to listen to Sports Talk. You know, we're free. We're over the airwaves, and our website is free, and our X posts, they are free. Everything we do 
is free. But, you know, we got to live, too, and we couldn't make it if we didn't have great sponsors who are partners uh, and believe in our mission and we believe in what they do. That's why we surround ourselves with great uh, people. And want to take a time out here for a couple of minutes to welcome in John Fogle with the South Carolina Beef Council back with us to Sports Talk once again. It's great to have you with us, John. How you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? We're doing fantastic. How was your weekend? How did you enjoy the football game? What did you think of everything? Well, uh, the Tigers came through, and, you know, as as usual, they are great partners with the beef industry in South Carolina. One of the partners that we have, of course, through our advertising, but uh, Clemson's a great partner with the beef industry in South Carolina. Well, it certainly makes sense, of course, land-grant institution, agricultural programs, talking about Clemson in particular. What kind of things do you all do hand-in-hand with that university? One of our biggest projects uh, in cooperation with Clemson is the Junior Beef Roundup every year where young people come and display their talents and their animals to uh, to the public. And uh, just a great time is had watching those young people show their animals. I understand that Clemson is in the process of adding a veterinary school to their curriculum. I'm surprised they haven't had one to this point. How important is that to the state of South Carolina in general, and in particular to the beef industry in South Carolina, you think? Well, I think it has been a long time in coming. South Carolina really needs a institution right now. We send our students to uh, Georgia, Mississippi State, and another school, but we're bringing that back to South Carolina. And they're going to concentrate on having students from South Carolina. So this is going to be a win-win, not only for the, for the animal industry, but also for the state of South Carolina. Now, when you say students, obviously you're talking about high school-age students who are interested and in, who are involved in the animal industry, as you put it. What kind of numbers are we talking about there? How widespread is that throughout uh, the school systems of South Carolina? I believe their first class is going to be 60 students. Uh, a couple years in the making there, getting the building finalized, and uh, they ought to have a dean in place, so that's already done. But uh, eventually a class size of 80 students. Across the state of South Carolina in the high school setting, how many students would you estimate are studying this to move forward with it as their careers? Right now at Georgia and our other institution, I think there are 33 students enrolled in the veterinary programs. And, of course, they will come back to South Carolina. Uh, That money that uh, South Carolina pays to educate those students uh, through our process will now be uh, thrown into our veterinary school. So we're going to have, you know, possibly – those 30 students plus 30 more in our original class. Well, that's good. That's good. They'll take oh, it. They'll absolutely. take the banner and run with it. Talking with John Fogle <laughs> from the South Carolina uh, Beef Council. So I was out in Texas a few weeks ago, South Carolina playing Texas A&M and driving to Bryan and College Station. You go, you go past some major ranches out there, as you might imagine. 
what about here in South Carolina? What is the ranching community like? Do we have some super large ranches here in South Carolina that have a, a lot of cattle? We do. Uh, the majority of our larger uh, beef producers are family-owned and operated. And, you know, the word is now that, uh, you know, a large corporation is a million-dollar corporation. But when you sit down and think about what it costs the average uh, rancher to get started, that's pretty close to a million dollars if you sit down and think about the equipment and the land and the animals and the expenses that go with that. Hmm. You know, many, many, many years ago, I had to go interview Danny Ford at his farm in Pendleton or outside Pendleton. Are you familiar with this farm out there? I am. I have visited there. Yeah. And he was tagging cattle that summer afternoon that I went to go interview him. And needless to say, he was kind of a sloppy mess by the time he got to me. The process of tagging cattle, it looks to be strenuous. Have you ever gone through that? Oh, we tag a good many of ours also. Uh, That is a part of your record keeping, that you keep up with the animals. You keep up with their moms and dad or sires and dams. And that's how you keep your records, and that's how we develop a, a better brand of beef. How is the beef in South Carolina, you think? I think it's the best in the United States, therefore the world. Hmm. What makes it that? I think it's our attention to detail. We have a great many producers in South Carolina that uh, the concentration is on the sires. And in conjunction with Clemson, they have a Clemson bull test, which takes animals and puts them on test to see how they perform uh, what their numbers are and that type thing, and that's how you build a better beef. Have you watched Yellowstone? I have. I have watched Yellowstone. See, I've watched Yellowstone. Now I feel like I know something about raising cattle. Uh, <laughs> how realistic is that show to real life? You know, they have done a good job with that. Uh, I understand Kevin Costner's had a big hand in that mm-hmm. to actually bring it what a reality program really is. And, you know, a cattleman's job is 365 days a year, except every four years when you work 366. <laughs> I tell you what, their days start way too early for me. Uh, based on Yellowstone, I mean, it's like those guys never get any sleep. Never get any sleep. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is well, the- we're fortunate. We're fortunate. You can schedule around that. There's always something to do, uh, either feeding or caring for the animals or that process that it makes your livelihood, if you will. Is there, in in terms of population in the state, when you talk about beef cattle compared to, say, um, what, dairy cattle, uh, is there a difference population-wise across the state, a big difference? There is, unfortunately. Our dairy numbers have gone down, uh, but still they are involved uh, in the beef council. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still represent them also, but the dairy farmers have... Uh, Dairy consumption has gone down, 
And unfortunately, with the way we were raised, you know, with our meals, we always had milk. And nowadays, it's uh, tea or cola or uh, lemonade or something like that. But milk is an important part of the diet, I think. Do you think milk consumption then in the state and nationally has gone way down? I believe it's down. How far down it is, I'm not sure. But, uh, yes, sir, I do Mm -hmm. believe it is. Mm -hmm. Sir, this might be a little out there, but uh, you have calving season starting, what, first of the year, give or take, right in January. So right now you've got a lot of these cattle farms around the state preparing for that. Uh, One of my closest friends from college and since is is a beef cattle farmer over in Newberry and love getting out there during calving season and helping him kind of birth those calves and then tag them, give Mm. them all their vaccinations and all that. It's a lot of fun. It's a great time to be on the farm. Where I'm going with this is there are different programs around our state that you guys, I would think, are affiliated with that kind of promote folks to get out there and visit participating farms and and kind of get to see some of that stuff. Do you have any recommendations for our our listeners who may not have gotten to ever see little baby cows and maybe would like to have the opportunity to get out to a local farm and maybe be able to see some of that starting in in January here soon? I think that would be a great idea. Uh, People need to know uh what the what the natural process is and and really what entails the livestock industry in South Carolina, whether they're visiting a beef or a dairy farm, either one would be a great way for them to see that miracle of birth, to see how they grow, to see how they develop and and to know that we have a safe, very safe food chain. I think that worries a lot of people about the food chain and the the thought that somebody could interrupt it the the safety of the food chain. You feel confident that we're in good shape in that in that department? I do. I do believe that uh, the United States has the stringent guidelines. Uh, you know, we have to tag our cattle when we sell them. They know where any, every animal comes from, every farm. So if there is a problem, it can be identified quickly, and the process can be started to eliminate that threat. Yeah. Well, it's been great having you. Uh, I have a T-bone a week, usually on Sunday nights. <laughs> I love. I've gotten to where I love a T-bone. I like a. I like to gnaw on a bone. How about you? Do you like you like T-bones? What's your preference here on a regular basis? Bone eye, bone in ribeye. Hmm. A bone-in ribeye. You have a preference that, of a of a size, like how many ounces is uh, about right for you? Three quarters of an inch thick. It cooks perfect. Uh, you can have it rare, medium rare, or well done. Uh, that's the way I like it. I put that boy in some soy sauce and pepper Ooh. about two hours before I cook it, and put it back in the refrigerator and let it sit there till I'm ready to cook. And that is a feast, not a meal, a feast. <laughs> right, let me ask you one last thing. I guess this is probably the number one question on the minds of beef eaters and steak lovers. Prices. Prices. Where are they going to go here moving forward? Unfortunately, everything is on the increase now. The feed prices for cattle are, are up. The prices are up, but the, right now they're they're holding steady. Mm-hmm. I, I look for them to hold steady for a couple years. Uh, 
you know, somewhere in the probably 220 to 250 range, which is great for the farmer, but our expenses are up greater than that. So uh, I think everything's going to hold about the same on beef prices so that everybody can enjoy those burgers and steaks and roast and that type thing. But uh, it's good for the farmer that the price is up. That gives us a chance to catch up, to get our uh, feed in line, to get our production in line. And uh, if the consumer will just bear with us, I think you'll see once this uh, season we're in right now with the cost of transportation gets in control, you're going to see much better prices on beef. I tell you what, John, it's been a pleasure having you. Always love having you on the show. We should never for, forget how important uh, farmers, cattlemen, all our food producers, how important they are. Because without them, we don't eat. Or we go grow it ourselves and try and do something with it, which we probably can't do. Well, we thank you and all our partners in the beef industry for the support you've given us. And just come see us anytime. Thank you so much. Great Thanks, having you with us. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, John Thank Fogle from the South Carolina Beef Council here on Sports Talks. Made me hungry Love for farmers. about a 16-ounce uh, T-bone. You were joking about uh, cattlemen work too hard and wake up too early. Have you ever been to a dairy farm? No, sir. You want to talk about a never-ending job. I actually mm-hmm. got a chance to uh, visit one in Lawrence County several years ago and watch them, how they work. They can never leave. The, the cows have to be milked, I think it's twice a day. 365 days a year, like John pointed out. I mean, it's a never-ending process, and farmers are clearly, uh, you know, maybe this side of the military, I'm not sure there's more dedicated people to their craft than farmers. I would not disagree. I would not. And they're great people. Uh, They're great people. Yeah, they are. You know. I mean, I grew up in a small town. I think you grew up in a small town. They mm-hmm. all, everybody expects you to be a farmer when you grow up in a small town. And I was, you know, as far from being a farmer as you yeah, could be, but I had a lot of friends whose parents were, and man, salt of the earth people. No they don't doubt. come any better. All right, let's update a couple of things. Notre Dame leading South Carolina 11 to 8, 11 34 to go in the half. The Gamecocks are shooting a robust 14%. But they have gotten after it. I've been watching the game. Uh, they've been getting after it on the defensive end. They've already forced a shot clock violation. The shots that uh, Notre Dame's knocked down a pair of threes, they were both con- uh, wide-open shots after the Gamecocks couldn't get rotated around. But, boy, they have uh, – that's where, you know, Lamont Paris and his team is going to cut its teeth on the defensive end. They've responded thus far today. But I'm wondering how the week off has hurt them in terms of their offense. Well, they've made one – shot from the floor i'll give you a hundred dollars if you guess who's made that one shot i would say bj mack you would be owing me oh no it's money. it's uh, uh bozeman verdonk isn't it yeah but he'd yeah, be the last right. one he'd be the last one you would think <laughs> maybe it was a stick back mack he does have, free throws he does have one rebound and he has one yeah. basket he has the gamecocks lone basket and they've played almost eight minutes and they're down 11 to 8 they're lucky they're not yeah, getting they beat uh, worse than that couple of other quick things that occurred while we were talking to uh, Mr. Fogle, and thanks to him for joining us. Uh, Clemson defensive tackle Rook Ororo has accepted an invitation to play in the Senior Bowl. And the college football playoff ranking, the new one, Georgia, Michigan, Washington, and Florida State. The four left undefeated are one, two, three, four. No, Washington's not undefeated. Three. Are they? Yeah, yeah, they, they are. are. Okay, yep. Yep. yeah. 
I thought they were four undefeated. That's For right. now. I outthink myself sometimes. Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State, four undefeateds, one, two, three, four. Oregon's five, Ohio State is six, Texas, Alabama, Missouri, Penn State, and Clemson's moved up one to number 23. And, 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 former Lakeview star, South Carolina State star, uh, he goes by Shaquille Leonard now, but he was Darius Leonard, but he goes by Shaquille. Uh, free agent, visited the Cowboys today, and could be visiting the Eagles. This is from Adam Schefter of the uh, NFL. And NASCAR expects NBC and Fox to return as it oh, seeks nearly a billion dollars in a future Whoa. media rights deal. And the league... The Racing League plans to take on at least one new broadcast partner, possibly even two. Hmm. All right. More in the more in the pool. All right. Let's ESPN go back to the possibly coming back. I've heard uh, Turner. To you, I've heard okay. Turner yeah, Sports. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. All right. Back to uh, our phone calls. Triple eight eight nine eight two five two five. Thank you for your patience. Those of you who have been waiting. So it's um, Bruce in Missouri. With us next, they got some cattle out there. They got some corn. They got some cattle, I guess. Bruce, it's good to have you with us. Well, thank you. And they got the marijuana legal too. Well, there you go. You got to be a happy. You got to be a happy camper. Yeah, but uh, anyway, eat a, eat a steak and uh, get a buzz. Right, or the buzz will be in the steak. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, just want to commend uh, Pat for coming coming in and giving us. Uh, side of things he does it very artistically i enjoy listening to his explanations and why he's he's that way and i think he really adds a lot to the to the company and he i agree uh i've been you, listening to y'all for a long thank time you, thank you and, uncle uh, bruce thank you pat is uh, a big big part now and i'm a fan of his mm-hmm. well thank you that means well, a lot you know what bruce one day it can all be his if he plays his cards right congratulations pat <laughs> it can all be his he plays his cards right i need a job pat <laughs> hey, i can't own the panthers but i might be able to own sports talk there i'll take go. it <laughs> yeah but i appreciate his, his comment his color commentating and uh he's really got his heart into it yes he does thank you pat all right thank all right. you bruce thank you sir yes sir appreciate it gamecock on the 6-0 run they now lead 14-13. They've warmed up to 27%. They're up 14-13, 9-15 to play in the funny. half. It was funny. Right after you were talking about how poorly Notre Dame, or South Carolina had been shooting, mm-hmm. and part of it was Notre Dame was playing really well on defense, Notre Dame decides to outthink itself, and they go zone. Well, what do the Gamecocks do? They bomb into three on that next possession. <laughs> I tell you, sometimes you look at coaches and you, you wonder – all right, you've been so I, – I get it. You probably don't want to play 40 minutes of man-to-man, but you've got a team down because offensively they're just not doing anything, and you give them a wide-open look for three. And I think it was Jacoby Wright, if I'm not mistaken, who knocked it down. Sometimes you outthink yourself. There's no doubt. You outcoach no yourself. Uh, Michi Johnson, he's got a three. He's got five points. Uh, Wright's got a three. He's got five points. So Gamecocks are now up 14-13. to 13. It's a good game for them. Notre Dame – Mm-hmm. Name brand. They're not having a great year. Their new coach Shrewsbury. You know they were down a little bit last year as well. Uh, I looked at their lineup, man. I don't 
really recognize hardly anybody in their lineup. Uh, I guess they're you know all pretty good players, but it's not the Notre Dame uh, team that it was a few years ago when they were elite. And a win by South Carolina. Listen, that'd be a good win for them. Get a point for them with the SEC and go to six and zero. Shoot, can't argue about that. Uh, let's continue with the phone calls. Triple eight. Nope, nope, nope. We're not going to continue with the phone calls. Yep, yep, yep. We are going to continue with the phone calls. All right, where are we going next, then, Pat? <laughs> my, my bad, Phil. Sorry. Right. Uh, get my headset back on. Trying to fix the online stream. Yeah. Uh, heads up, you might want to do that thing with your thing again. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So we are going to be visiting over in Camden with Keith. Keith in Camden. Welcome oh, in. Keith, good to have you with us. Welcome in. Hey, guys. Uh, I know last night was just vent, get it off your chest, and then I know it's tough for you not to comment, but uh, I want you to comment on this. And I acknowledge Clemson's defense was uh, awesome. But uh, at the same time, uh, I know we've dealt with uh, massive injuries on the offensive line. But uh, when you look at the game plan, knowing who we was going up against, I just scratched my head. And, and maybe uh, maybe you need to bring me back into the real world because mm-hmm. I know you, you're big on, on the offensive coordinator, and I've been pleased with him. But going into that game, knowing what you was going up against, and looking at uh, what we put out there from a standpoint of game plan, it just didn't make sense to me. But uh, I want your comments on that. And uh, enjoy the show. Y'all do a great job. Well, thanks. You know, um, I think maybe now, in a little bit of a defense, Logan's hands were tied by three things. Number one, an overmatched offensive line. Number two, the carry-on joiner, though he tried to play, he really couldn't play, and you couldn't do anything with him. You know, you couldn't put him in and try some different things like uh, reverses and things like that. And then Lenore Sellers uh, wasn't available either. So that was probably another little thing, another little little paragraph out of the game plan that they had to uh, eliminate. So I, it left him with Rattler and Leggett and not a whole lot else. And, and look, uh, Leggett was running – I'm sorry, Rattler was running for his life uh, much of the night – and Clemson did a good job covering Leggett. What are you going to do if you're South Carolina? You can't run it. So what are you going to do as a play caller? Um, so they have got to obviously address their situation on the offensive line first and, and foremost, I guess, and then address the running back room, and then address uh, probably uh, linebackers. Um so they got a lot to address here in the offseason. They've got to retool. But they got the money. Was that you? Are you the anonymous donor who promises to match every dollar given to the Garnet Thrust up to a million dollars? Yeah, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the pastor that uh, agreed to do that. Really? Right. I'm going to match my salary. <laughs> we'll be back. Thanks for the phone call. Don't go away. Okay, welcome back into Sports Talk here on the Sports Talk Media Network. We've got recruiting coming up for you in just a few minutes, but this is also state championship week in South Carolina with the games beginning on Thursday 
over at South Carolina State University and running through the weekend, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And so there's no better way to get you ready for what's coming up than by listening to David Shelton of the High School Sports Report and the Charleston Post and Courier Best in the Business is what we like to call him. And David joins us now here on Sports Talk. Hello, David. How are you? I'm good, Phil. I'm, you know, there's only there's a very small group of people that I will withhold dinner oh, to speak with. Oh, and, wow. And, 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 you're, and, you're, and you're one of them, so you should feel gracious. <laughs> I love I, hangry, David. <laughs> I, I bow to your greatness, and I appreciate your patience. You'll be happy to know that you, you were know, bumped by a gentleman from the South Carolina Beef Council talking all about hamburgers and steaks, so you should appreciate that. Well, yeah, I'm sure good, that'll make you I'm feel less to, hungry. Right. That's totally going to help. Go grab, I'm about to go grab some brisket. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right up your alley. All right, before yes, we uh, deny you your, uh, your nourishment and everything else, let's talk about the championship of the charter schools of South Carolina. Uh, Gray Collegiate and Oceanside are uh, going to meet in the uh, – Two-way championship, but there'll be a lot of people, of course, taking pot shots at this matchup. But from a football standpoint, on the field, everything else forgotten about. Uh, this is good. We we talk so much about Gray, but Oceanside is of the same ilk in terms of the same type of school, uh, and they've had some quality players come through there in recent years. Big Lyman who went to Georgia, just what last year. So, um, how's this matchup on paper? You think? You know, I think it's a pretty good one. I, I you know, it's, it's funny. I, I've seen it called the Charter Bowl, hmm. and I and I saw someone tweet out a high school coach who I won't say who it was, but he was calling it that. I hope both teams lose bowl. <laughs> so, so there is going to be a winner, um, and and it's going to be a very competitive game. You know, I, I think Grace probably the favorite. Um. But uh, but Oceanside is 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 pretty good, you know. They don't have the. I mean, they do have one really good defensive lineman, Ben Britton, who's going to go play at Army. Um, but they got a lot of underclassmen, and they've been through a lot of injuries. They lost their starting quarterback in the last game of the regular season, and they're now playing a freshman quarterback. But he's been pretty darn good. He's thrown eight touchdown passes in in four games. Um, going to be a really good player um but they've had a lot of injuries they've lost two offensive linemen they lost their leading rusher they lost their quarterback but they're still finding ways to win now i I don't know if you know they're going to have to find another way to win because gray is is uh really good on defense um i mean i was looking at their stats they've got like 60 something tackles for loss 30 something sacks and 20 interceptions so uh their defense and and I did talk to Chad Wilkes today at Oceanside, and he said their defensive line is really really good. And you got to remember, uh, Oceanside's two losses were to Sumter and South Lawrence. And uh, he said Gray's defensive front is is as good as or better than both of those teams. Mm. What makes Gray <laughs> defensively so so stout? Is it athletes? I know like. The Bullwear kid transferred over from Spring Valley. He's got great uh, football genes and is probably a really good athlete. He's a young kid. But is it is it more of that or is it more of the scheme and the coaching they have over there? I think it's a lot of, of, of both. Um, they do have really good players. 
Um, you know, Boulware's got about 150 tackles, and Ooh. the other linebacker, Kane Williams, has got about 140. And together, they have like 20 tackles per loss. So their linebackers are really, really active and uh, create a lot of uh, problems with the pass rush and, you know, tackles for loss and things like that. But they're really good on the defensive front. Um, and, you know, they're, they're really pretty balanced on offense. You know, they got a quarterback, Tyler Waller, thrown for about 1,500 yards, and then they got a running back, B.J. Montgomery, that's rushed for about 1,200. Um, he's got 15 touchdowns. They got Caleb Ford. He's got 13 touchdowns on the ground. And Zay Offord and Jamarius Lockett are two really good receivers. So, you know, Zay, Zay is uh, Willie Offord's son, and he's going to South Carolina State. So, uh, yeah, they, they got players. Uh, both teams have players. I think that there's more youth on Oceanside side of the field. They've got players who are going to be probably pretty good prospects. But I'll be honest with you, and I told Chad this today, I, I saw Oceanside play Wade Hampton, and there wasn't a hair's difference between those two schools. Uh, you know, for, every, for all the talk about Oceanside recruits and all that, well, uh, Hampton County had some studs, mm-hmm. and so so it wasn't a. I mean, it was forty-two to twenty-one, but but it took a twenty-eight point six-minute third quarter to get to that point. It was twenty-one fourteen Hampton County. So I don't think uh, I don't think Oceanside could afford to fall behind very much to Gray because I think Gray is more capable offensively of of kind of putting their foot on the throat and and burying them. So if if Oceanside can can keep it reasonably close going into the fourth quarter, they are a pretty good finishing team. They do find ways to to finish games. They're very aggressive and and they fight really hard. But uh, you know I think overall, when you match the two rosters up, the more talent's on Gray's side. If Oceanside is going to pull off the upset, and I get the feeling that you would favor Gray here when you make your pick here in a moment. If they're going to pull off the upset, besides getting help from Gray, like turnovers or penalties at the wrong time, what things do they have to do to make it happen? Well, they they like to throw the ball. And they've got, uh, you know, two or three receivers, uh, Will Brasilio and, and C.J. Moskis and um, Gavin Gaspar. They, they, they're pretty good. Uh, they, they throw the ball – this little freshman quarterback, you know, if he doesn't get rattled by the nerves of the game, I, I think he can. they can have some success through the air. So I think if they do that, you know, I think in my mind, I think they've got to get to 28 points. Um, I think Gray is going to get to 28 somehow. So I think if they can throw, have success throwing the ball, which, you know, there are some matchups there that they like. Um, and if the quarterback is – it doesn't play like a freshman, you know, in a state championship game. That's that's a big ask. But um, but I think if they have success throwing the ball, they're going to keep themselves in the game. All right. Well, it's time. We do this on Friday nights on the high school scoreboard. For those of you who are with us, which is a lot of you, this time of the year, it's one of the most popular segments of the high school football season in South Carolina. It's called Shelton Says. Pretty simple <laughs> name for a pretty simple man. So, right. who you got, who you like, Shelton says, Oceanside Collegiate or Gray Collegiate? Well, I, I, I think you did pick up on that. I, I, I think Oceanside has a, a puncher's chance, but I think Gray 
is going to win the game. Um, and again, it, it could go if it if it's a fourth quarter game, you know, Oceanside's got a shot. But I, I just feel like, you know, Gray has so many weapons and you know, they can throw it, they can run it, they got good athletes on the perimeter, they got really good linebackers and and, you know, the quarterback He's not, uh, you know, what I would call a major college prospect, but he's very efficient and, and does what he has to do. And I, I just think uh, I think their schedule, even though Oceanside did play South Florence and Sumter, that was early in the season, and they rolled through their region. And I, I would say that Gray rolled through their region, but nobody would play them. So, so uh, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be the team – uh, favored going in, and I and I, I would say, you know, I would guess a, a thirty-one twenty-four type game. Speaking of next year, which you weren't, but I will. With Gray, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't know where you were going there. Yeah, with Gray in particular, I guess getting bumped up to a new classification. Do you think the teams in their region will play them, whoever they happen to be? Yeah, you know, I, I've talked to some people, and I, I think they may end up in four A. Um, so I, I would think, you know, again, as we talked about when all this went down, there are going to be teams, a lot of teams going up, but somebody's got to come down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, there, there may be some 5A lower-end schools that, that will drop down to 4A. I don't think you're going to see uh, the forfeit thing going on. Um, I, I, you know, I, I kind of asked around locally, you know, did anybody consider not playing Oceanside? And they were like, no. You know, it's our region. We got to play them. Um, so, I, I don't think that's going to be the case next year. I think Gray will. They'll probably. I, I guess they're still going to play IMG. So they'll have some non-region games. But yeah, I think people will will play them in four A. Okay, David. Thank you, my friend. I'll let you go to that brisket now. And uh, tomorrow night, after you finish off your brisket and all that kind of stuff, let's see tomorrow night. We will talk about the 1A championship game. So we look forward to that. And enjoy your meal, and we'll talk to you tomorrow night. Sounds good, guys. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, At David. a time to be determined. Always floating times. Tomorrow night, Christchurch and Johnsonville. Christchurch and Johnsonville. We'll talk about that, the 1A championship, uh, tomorrow night. Okay. You know, the break. quick question about that. Mm-hmm. I wonder how the teams in Gray's region that did not want to play them feel now. Did you make your point? Gray's playing for a state championship. You guys sitting at home. Yeah. Did, do you feel like you made a point? I mean, do you feel like you're the reason that they've added the yeah, multiplier? I think they are. I think they probably feel like they, they got what they were looking for. Yeah, And if so, okay, yeah. then it worked. I would but, say yeah. that would be my Otherwise, guess. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, do you feel better about yourselves because you didn't allow your kids to play them? Yeah. Can't can't don't know how they're feeling, but I think as a group they probably think they got their point across, and that was mm-hmm. the only way they could do it. Thirty-one twenty-eight USC leading Notre Dame. Twenty-nine seconds to go in the opening half. Michi Johnson has been on fire. Fifteen points. He had nothing just a few minutes ago. He's got fifteen now. Be back with recruiting in a moment. <laughs>
I'm attorney Jim Corbett. That's the sound of a big hit on you and your car or truck. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years, helping people who get injured in car wrecks and truck wrecks. If you have serious injuries, call Jim Corbett, 803-765-2968, or email me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T. I don't get paid unless I recover for you. Jim Corbett Attorney, for your best recovery from a big hit, 803-765-2968, or jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. Farm Bureau Insurance's agriculture roots and ties to South Carolina farmers have shaped the company's culture and work ethic, providing a unique customer experience. Customers are treated like people, not policies. Now, while other insurance companies may have a one-size-fits-all approach to handling customers, we believe you need to be valued and treated right. Our claims professionals work until the job is done, and our agents still believe in the commitment that comes with a handshake. Call Buddy Bridges and Clinton and Lawrence at 864-923-217 for all of your auto, home, and life insurance needs. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Investing can be like a puzzle. There's so many pieces to consider, and it can be hard to know where to start. But with the right guidance, you can put the pieces together to create a winning strategy. That's where Founders Investment Services come in. Our team of financial advisors can help you navigate the complexities of investing and create a personalized plan that fits your goals and risk tolerance. We'll work with you to identify the pieces of your puzzle and how they fit into your financial future. Call 866-739-7064 or visit foundersfcuinvestments.com to learn more about how we can help you take the first step to Towards reaching your financial goals. Securities offered through LPL Financial. Major Billy Downer here from the Department of Natural Resources, and DNR is excited to announce the implementation of Go Outdoors SC, a new online licensing and boat titling system that you can access right from your phone. Through this new system, customers can purchase their hunting and fishing licenses, renew their boats, apply for lottery hunt opportunities, and complete electronic harvest reporting requirements. For more information, visit Go Outdoors SC at your local app store. You've put in the work for your education. The extra early, extra late, extra, extra work. That's because you understand education opens doors to better pay, better opportunities, and a better you. Being educated about playing the lottery is no different. It helps you be a better player, one who knows when to play and when to take a rain check. The lottery's a game, so let's keep it fun. Learn more at sceducationlottery.com slash better you. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Listen. 
We give you the recruiting report here on Sports Talk every night because you need it. I need it. Pat needs it. Chris wants it. He wants to be the recruiting guru one day. I can do without it. <laughs> What'd you tell me the other day? Like when I, said, I please don't yeah, please don't oversleep, get in a car crash, <laughs> die on us until the <laughs> until the portal window is closed. Closes. Then after that you can take some vacation. <laughs> yes. I, 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 I if, as a matter of fact, remind me to ask you something when we're done. Uh, our uh, recruiting report is brought to you by Seawells. Do we have the updated menu? We most certainly do. And tomorrow, Wednesday, the 29th, Seawells will bring you chicken fettuccine Alfredo, Ooh. southern fried chicken, and fried fish nuggets, which are outstanding. Thursday, <laughs> fried chicken again, teriyaki and lemon pepper wings, best deal on wings in town, along with Irish beef stew. Then capping off the week with your favorite, Roast Beef Friday. Love it along with southern fried chicken and baked pork chops. That's a that's a menu from heaven right there, ladies and gentlemen. And if you need the best for catering, just call Seawells at 803-771-7385, online at seawellscateringsc.com. All right, so Amir Adams, 6'6", 280, going to play in the 4A state championship for South Florence on Saturday and then Sunday he's going to announce his commitment. This was a surprise that he came out last night with his announcement that he's having an announcement. We don't know how he's announcing. Might just put it on social media. Doesn't strike me as a type that wants to make a big deal. So at one point he had narrowed his list. USC, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Florida State, and Tennessee. I spoke to him late last week, not sensing he was getting close to the end here. Asked him about South Carolina and what he liked, and he said that they're recruiting him really hard. He likes that uh, they've told him he could play as a freshman, and that's something he definitely wants to do, play as a true freshman. He's got a strong relationship with them, he said, especially Beamer. He's had a relationship with them for a long time, he said, since his ninth grade, going into his tenth grade year. So it's a good relationship. As for Clemson, defensive line coach Nick Easton has been working him trying to convince him that he can be one of the next greats at Clemson. And he said, I feel good about them. Kind of been knowing them for a long time because when I was a kid, he said, I used to go to their camps. And he said, right now he's got a good relationship with them. And he said what sticks out to him is how Easton rotates D linemen on almost every play of almost every drive. And that's one thing that he said that he likes about that. And he said... um, He took visits, of course, to all these schools. The ones he said that stuck out the most, USC, Florida State, Georgia, and Alabama. Those were the schools he named. This season, he had 56 tackles and four sacks. He said coaches like his motor, how he can get off the ball very quick and things like that. South Carolina, one of the first major programs to offer Southern Miss transfer. Offensive guard, Gerquan Scott. 6-4-3-30, and he was offered by the Gamecocks on Monday. He posted on social media that he was leaving Hattiesburg. He's a native of Mobile, Alabama. He redshirted 2019 as a freshman, became a starter in 2020, remained a starter at left guard for the Golden Eagles the rest of his career with them, though he did start two games at center this season. He started 40 of 45 games at Southern Miss. 
along with USC. He's gotten offers from Auburn, Marshall, Tulsa, Colorado, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss, Houston, and South Florida. He's got the Gamecocks in his top five right now. He said he thinks they have a situation where he could go right in and fit in and help to get get better for the NFL draft. And he plans to take a visit to South Carolina. Helping the Gamecocks, his offensive line coach Lonnie Teasley has known him for a while. He recruited him when he was coming out of high school, so they've already got a relationship going. This is his first interaction with the Gamecocks as a prospect, so he's watched from afar as Shane Beamer has built things over the last three years, and he feels like that the players and the staff have a really strong relationship, and the fan base is strong. He said everybody's seen him. He's heard that Beamer is a stand-up guy, etc., and so he's looking forward to coming in and taking an official. He's got Ole Miss this weekend and then Auburn the next weekend. He's also looking at South Carolina and Oklahoma for possible official visits. And USC might get involved. See, when I say this about these transfers, when you hear me say might get involved looking at, watching, it's because we see where Gamecock coaches are following a particular transfer. Most transfers don't talk because they've gone through the recruiting process. They usually work behind the Iron Curtain when it comes to their plans this time around. Well, that's true. I mean, they don't say a whole lot. You can't get I much out of them. I thought if you said it, it was gospel Not in you, terms of recruiting. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's what I can tell you, honestly. So I'm telling you, you know, we see where a coach is following a player or sure. vice versa, and then we deduce that there is some interest there, okay? It might never materialize in anything more than that, but it's got to start somewhere, and oftentimes it starts with a social media follow. And then there's communication, and it goes from there. So, Indiana transfer linebacker Jared Casey, 6'3", 225, who began his career at Kentucky. He played sparingly in his two seasons with the Hoosiers. He was mostly on special teams this season, only had three tackles all against Purdue last Saturday. Uh, But I can tell you, you know, the Gamecocks are checking him out a little bit. Uh, Also, same case with Holy Cross transfer quarterback Matthew Sluka. 6'3", 216, in his career, 6,000 yards passing, over 3,500 yards rushing, and he accounted for 97 touchdowns in his career there. Clemson Reserve quarterback Hunter Helms is transferring, and Spring Valley graduate defensive back Jalen Geiger is transferring from Kentucky. So, again, for South Carolina, natural that you might keep an eye on this one right from your own backyard if he's interested in coming home and they feel like he can help, you can maybe see that develop into something down the road. And that is recruiting for now here on Sports Talk, but recruiting never rests, unfortunately. We try to from time to time, but, you know, it's hard. We'll do the best we can to bring you what we know here on Sports Talk on our website, sportstalksc.com, on the program and on Twitter at SC. Okay, um, let's update some scores too short time-wise to take any more calls. At the break, Gamecocks up 31-28 on Notre Dame. Gamecocks have warmed up to 39%, so they they shot it better heading down the home stretch, being out-rebounded by three, uh, being beaten in the paint. Being beaten? Is that good English? They are being outscored in the paint 10-4. to 
but they are leading 31-28. So they've got the lead. Uh, Winthrop leading Bob Jones 54-26. Georgia Tech over Mississippi State 39-26. Syracuse 33, LSU 28. South Carolina State leads Furman 36-35. Citadel over Charleston Southern 37-28. Kentucky over Miami 19-11. Check out the stories tonight of basketball later on sportstalksc.com. See you tomorrow.